Hey guys, I'm Adam Rappaport, and this is the Bon Appetit Foodcast. All right, this week, we are playing a segment from our live podcast that we did at the Bell House in Brooklyn back in November. I chatted with Carla Lolly Music about BA's best spaghetti and meatballs. Um, might have had a few disagreements, a few differings of opinion on the matter, uh, but you can find the recipe at bonappetit.com. And also, one other thing to keep in mind, um, in 2019, we are definitely going to be doing more live podcasts. It was a really good time. Uh, We sold out this one, like 350 people, standing room only. Uh, We had food from the BA Test Kitchen, drinks, you name it, good old time. Uh, We will let you know about those probably on our Instagram feed and our newsletter, uh, as we did last time. All right, let's do this. Here we go. Hello, hello, hello. I'd like to welcome you all to the historic Bell House Theater for the second ever Bon Appetit Live podcast tasting. Tasting, taping, 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 sorry. It's a taping. You're not taping now, I hope. Um, This is actually extremely exciting for me. My name is Emil Stanek. I'll be your host for the evening. This is actually extremely exciting for me because this will be the first time that I actually ever hear a whole episode of the podcast. Uh, I've been on it. I've never listened to it. I always listen to podcasts when I'm in the shower or when I'm falling asleep, and those are both times that I don't want to hear Adam Rappaport's voice. Those are called boundaries. So, without further ado, I'd like to invite our food director, Carla Lally Music, and editor-in-chief Adam Rappaport onto the stage for a live argument about one of our recipes. It will be a bloodbath. All right. So many people out there. Good Lord. So many people. So many. This is not usually what it's like when we do a podcast. Yes. Normally, it's just Carla and me. And then Emma. Emma's our producer. I don't know if you hear us mention Emma. She's somewhere back there, backstage, making this all happen. So thank you, Emma. Um, Oh, wow. You're Instagramming. Well, no. I'm just taking video to post later. Okay. (laughs) So you're Instagramming. All right, so guys, we are going to be talking about BA's best spaghetti in meatballs and how recipes get developed uh, in the BA test kitchen. And so my first question, Carla, um, what differentiates a BA's best recipe from all the other recipes in Bon Appetit? I'm the editor-in-chief. I don't even know the difference. Right. Great question. I think, uh, in general, our recipes you know, are the best. But when it's BA's best, we're trying to, it's a certain kind of dish. It's got to be like a super iconic, classic, like a dish with a pedigree, a dish that everybody knows, a dish that people have opinions on, dishes that never go out of style. And then trying to really engineer the most perfect version of that Dish, so like a seminal version, if you will. So cheesecake, chocolate chip cookies, all those sort of things. All right, so when we were developing this recipe uh, for spaghetti and meatballs, you and I had a few arguments about this. Um, so let's let's get it the process, like how this recipe came to be, and I don't, do you want to do sauce first, meatballs first? Like, how do you want to do this? I think for us, like when we start with a dish like spaghetti and meatballs, that everybody has an idea of how it should be. One of the first things that happens in the test kitchen after after we assign the recipe and like you know whoever pitched it is going to work on it. Um, we have that moment where we all sort of stand around and look at each other and we're like, what is spaghetti and meatballs? <laughs> like, what, 
what does it it's take? It's not that complicated. <laughs> but then you get into it, and it's like there are all of these choices that you have to make, like how the meatball is going to be made and the sauce, and how do you eat it? Are we using it, just beef? Are we using beef, veal, pork? Are we browning you, them in the oven? Are we doing it in a pan? Do you have that image of like the nude spaghetti with the sauce yeah. and the ball on top? How big are the meatballs going to be? Um, you know, a lot of things have to be explored. I think we should start a band called Nude Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want again? Do you want to start with the balls or the or the sauce? Uh, let's start with the sauce because the rest would be the first thing you do is you make the sauce. Okay, I have lots of opinions about sauce. They don't necessarily jive with your and Chris Morocco's opinion to develop this recipe. Your sauce takes a while. So yeah, it does. This is um, this is a sauce that starts with two 28 ounce cans of tomatoes and when you um, put those in a pan it's very liquidy at the beginning there's a lot of thin liquid there's kind of hard kind of raw-ish tasting tomatoes they need to be broken up and they need to cook for a while and that's flavor development okay do you do the thing where you crush the tomatoes in your hands yeah so the sauce starts with um, some olive oil some basil a little bit of garlic there's no onion there's no we're not putting carrots in this marinara. Yeah. Um, and Chris's, Chris's motivation or where he was in his head was, you know, it's sort of like a ragu type of tomato sauce. So there's not a lot of like extra stuff going on in that sauce. So you're breaking up, you're crushing the tomatoes as they go in to the pan. And then it simmers, gentle simmer. We're not like um, hammering the sauce, as Chris said. Restaurant <laughs> and, lingo. Yeah. Um, oh. And it goes for like, you know, 60, 70 minutes. Okay. I mean, full disclosure, I'm like a Jewish guy from Washington, D.C. You and Chris <laughs> are both like Italian-American, so you probably have a bit more experience at this than I. But, okay, first of all, can I use just pureed tomatoes no. and set... <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That, that's naturally smooth. You don't. I like the crushing thing. It's fun, but like, don't you want them already I smooth? I don't believe in whatever the the ratio of flesh to water. Like I don't. I'm not confident that what I'm getting out of a can of puree. And also in pureed tomatoes, a lot of time there's additional puree added. So it's tomatoes and Wait, then what? tomato puree added to the puree. So it's like kind of thick and it can be a little bit gummy. So just do as recipe is written. I say. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I also like sometimes to do a little less cooking to have a fresher tomato taste and that sort of cooked down extracted taste. Yeah, but this isn't a fresh tomato. It's oh, a canned God. tomato. And if you, if you have ever like tasted like a, a kind of not fully cooked canned tomato sauce, it's got that kind of a raw you know, Chris described as like a green pepper flavor, which Ooh. I thought was really um, Why does accurate? green peppers get such a bad reputation? They're terrible, yeah. but don't, don't get me started. So I would say green pepper is the most hated ingredient in the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. You know who loves them? Who's that? Brad Leone. Oh, Brad. Yeah. The one guy over there, yeah. He will eat them like an apple. Where is the, did him and Delaney try to put green peppers like in the cheesesteaks or something? Yeah, they were trying they did. to always do I think do that green, they yeah. did, and they, I think that they were successful. Yeah, uh, unsuccessful. So, okay, um, sometimes, again, not Italian, but sometimes I've heard that people will put like a pinch of sugar 
in the tomato sauce. Can right. I do that? Um, I, I don't think you're going to need to. So the long, that long, slow-cooked simmering that's happening with the tomato is going to minimize that the, all of the acidic flavors that are naturally there, and it's going to bring out that, like, that sweetness, a little bit jammy, ca not caramelized, but the sauce should be sweet enough. And the acidity will go away. Okay. I have lots of questions. I think um, that's why people add carrots. We were talking about this. Oh, the like, sweetness? Yeah, yeah, or like... We didn't add onion to this sauce either, which which was it just is another ingredient that felt extra and not really essential. Extra, very. Um, okay, what about um, or so you're simmering the sauce? So that's going for like an hour. That's insane. Um, <laughs> what about okay? Sometimes you when you go to the store and you ever go to like the Italian place and there's so many different canned tomatoes and it's kind of overwhelming. Yes. And some of them have the basil in the can. Yeah. Should I do that or no? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay? Yeah, as long as they're whole peeled tomato. Because like sometimes, I don't I think that this recipe, it literally calls for two leaves of basil. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to buy a giant head of like, think of basil and I'm going to use two leaves. You can use, you could use the basil in the okay, can. Okay, basil in the can. Okay, yeah, sorry, Chris. Hope that's okay. <laughs> um, all right, so we got the, the basil simmering. The sauce the basil, is simmering, The sauce yeah. simmering. So that's happening. Yep. And is this like in a pot, do you think? Or is it like in a big sort of like saute pan? Or like how would you do this? I think this? it's in a large pot. I can't remember. But like a Dutch oven. I mean, oven. how would you do this at a home? A Dutch oven. A yeah. Dutch oven would be perfect. Like a, because like a, you've either got, an oval or Yeah, because you've got like a something. good amount of evaporation, but not so much that you have to babysit it or it's going to it's gonna go too fast. And then you're stirring and you're scraping and you're like, oh my God, it got too thick. Da, da, da. Like you want little blip blips going. Blip. Can kind of turn blip. your back on blip. that. Blip. Okay. And you need to turn your back because you have to make the balls. Okay, so the balls. All right. Um, let's talk meat, first of all. Yeah. What you, you guys went with? 100% buff. Buff. Okay, yeah. so like, be, like, do we want, that's what, do we want, I know when we make like smash burgers, we want a lot of fat because you want that juiciness and that unctuousness. Yeah. Do you want a lot of fat in the meatballs also? Yeah. That was important in this as well. 20% fat, which is a thing that when you're buying ground beef, you can you can buy that very reliably. Like even if you're buying the kind of pre-vacuum packed brick of ground meat, if it says 20%, you're going to get 20%. Yeah. When you see like 15% lean or 10% yeah. lean, walk away. <laughs> it's never good. Agreed. Um, and you do, you want that fat and the flavor, but also it, in not calling for like beef, veal, and pork, which is how I had made meatballs a, a lot. You know, you're just getting a very consistent, it's like super consistent. And that's- I also feel like beef, veal, and pork is something you did because your mom did and because your grandmother did, but then you're also like, wait, why do I need to buy veal? Like, like yeah. what is this adding to the equation or- yeah, yeah, it's very tender and it's a little bit sweet and it's like there are reasons and there when we went through the whole this whole same thing when we were working. Well, yeah, on let's talk about that just in terms of the process meatloaf. and like when you're testing this recipe, are you guys literally doing like are we going to make beef meatballs today? We're going to make beef veal and meat pork tomorrow, and then we're going to taste beef and pork and like are there how many iterations a actually lot. happen? So I actually brought the file, the official oh, the fi recipe, wow, a file. the official recipe <laughs> testing file, and um, cr we went through this like seven times in a lot of different versions plus over what period of time um that's a great question i could look at all the dates but it took also just, a couple sorry just to sorry to interrupt no, no. carla but so this is on our october issue 2000 i never interrupt her um never. 2017 so that just to give you a sense of how like the print magazine works this issue shipped mid august 
to come out mid-September, because that's the weird thing. The October issue comes out like September 15th. You're shipping it August 15th. The recipe probably needed to be done July 15th, realistically. Something like that. So it's kind of crazy. So you're working that many months ahead. Um, and in this case, so in the middle of summer, you're making a lot of spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, I don't have dates of every single time, but I do remember that e- beyond what's in this file, I remember coming into the test kitchen and Chris was be making the meatballs again. And I was like, Chris, is good. Like, we're, do- we're done. They were great yesterday. And it's like... There's one more thing I need. Nah, nah, nah. Like well, I will say this: like when you're testing spaghetti meatballs, no, no one else at work complains that there's more meatballs to be right. tasted. Like guys, meatballs, 3 p.m. Come on down. It was more like, what are you running through this time? It's like one little thing. I just wanted to check another time. So there was like a lot of versions of sauce and a lot of um, versions of of the meatballs. But it looks like from the beginning, Chris made that decision. It was 100% beef. Except it wasn't 100% beef, Carla. That's true. We did feel a need. There was a the little... point of contention. Um, a little missing something, something. Yeah. And um, that came into the recipe in the form of prosciutto, which isn't that weird. Really? You yeah. guys are like, did you say prosciutto? And everyone's like, mm. <laughs> that easy um it is really easy these days we talked about it we debated it it is really easy these days to find the pre-sliced prosciutto in like that in like the cold case of the of the you know the refrigerated case where the cheese is and stuff you can buy prosciutto there you don't have to go to like and get your prosciutto i can do that because i'm italian american so it's okay Okay, so all right, my <laughs> so this is where I so a lot of times Carl come to my, I'm like guys, can we talk about this recipe? And my feeling was, I knew that Chris liked the notion of going just with beef because it was consistent, one type of meat. You knew the fat content, you knew the flavor profile, as we say. Um, and then for that something something, he wanted a prosciutto, and I was is it prosciutto or prosciutto? Pros- prosciutto. All right. Anyways, <laughs> and my feeling was like, who here would Go out and buy because prosciutto is not cheap. No, right? it's not it's like cheap. Twenty eight dollars a pound or something insane like that. Mm, at Italy. At Italy, yes. And I was, I so I don't. I was just like, it's not funny. No, um, <laughs> I was. Uh, we're like, would I do that? Would I go buy prosciutto just to make meatballs? Right. Would you guys buy prosciutto to make meatballs? Okay, what do I know? It's a. It turns out to be. I was going to use this as ammo the next time we're having an argument about something. I'm like, remember when we were in front of the live audience? Um, I think that we were like, huh, that's crazy. Like, why prosciutto? And adding something for no reason just to do something different is like not a thing that would be supported and applauded. But the prosciutto is actually bringing like a saltiness, a depth, a little, a little tiny bit of funkiness, but not in a way, but in the way that... It's kind of like anchovies and Caesar salad dressing, (laughs) I was going to say, well, it's a little bit like, um, no, anchovies and Caesar, like you can't have Caesar with any anchovies. No, I know, but it it provides that sort of funky umami In the same way that like the parm is also giving that depth of flavor and umami and saltiness and like some cured flavor and like a little bit goes a long way. So it's only one pound of um, beef to make 12 meatballs. And you've got like two slices of prosciutto that are finely chopped and they really, they just disappear. It's not like strands of prosciutto are like coming out when you bite into the meatball. But it did kind of, it's a it's a big bang for the buck. But even um, if you buy the Beretta prosciutto, like the pre-sliced prosciutto, it's fine. 
So how does this all come together then? Right. So how, how you make that mixture. So there's, in the meatball mixture, there's the squozen out bread, right? Squozen is a Carla Music <laughs> trademark phrase, by the way. Everybody knows what it means when you say it. Um, so you have bread that's not stale, but you do soak. And then that was a decision, too, like soaking in milk, soaking in water. Chris went with the water. He doesn't, didn't believe, like, the milk is not doing anything. And, like, you're squeezing it out also. So you make a mixture with the cheese, the parm, the eggs, the, the, the squeezed-out bread, um, ricotta. You, thoughts on a lot of times people will use um, breadcrumbs instead yeah. of the bread. Yeah, you could. We didn't want to use the like super fine, like that 4-H, yeah. like the canister, because the idea that those tiny little sh shards are going to do any absorption. So the bread is really there to absorb some of the liquid, but also to, br to keep the balls tender so that <laughs> keep the balls tender guys um <laughs> i'm not saying anything um because they're it's kind of getting in the way of the proteins and the meat from getting too like dense and you know too like dense and balled up kind yeah. of so that's why the bread is there um it's not really for flavor it's more for tenderness so you have your your eggs your bread your ricotta all of the And the spices. ricotta kind of brings a rich fattiness. A, a richness. It's not too fatty, but it also helps with the tenderness. It's not too fatty. It's all fat. It's cheese. Ricotta, That's but all it it's is. not like a high fat cheese. Not like a tr yes, sure. Fatty. <laughs> yeah. Yes, great. Not bad fatty. <laughs> good fatty. Yeah. Um, like keep you warm in the winter fat. Right. And it's, and the ricotta, in a weird way, gives them a lightness. Um, and the mixture, you'll think when you're making it, is like too, it seems too wet. Like you can form it into a ball, but it's not like super tight or you can pack it into like a, you know, a, a bar burger or something. It's like, they're kind of wobbly. And in fact, that merited a third, wobbly? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's like when you put it down, it's like the hips want to squeeze out the side a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so we have these wobbly yeah, balls. Right. <laughs> okay. Now let's be honest. When you were a kid. Yes. And your mom was making wobbly meatballs. Yeah. Would she pinch off a little of the raw meatball meat to give you a taste? Yeah, she would. And back How in the day. people here, are, are the yeah. people old enough that that was still allowed when you were growing up? Yeah. A few of them, yeah. Do you remember that too? Yes, but my mom, we never had meatballs. I, so I, Dad was Jewish, mom, Polish, Catholic, converted. <laughs> uh -huh. So we had a lot of meat, we had meatloaf like every Thursday night. So there's always meatloaf with the three bacon strips on it. Nice. And you would fight over the bacon strips, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would always have, like, the raw meatloaf as a little kid. Like, and, here's, like here's a, a little, pinch. and it's weird thinking back on that now because it was delicious. I remember also oh what my, my God, mom so would do. It's like, what's, you have, eat steak tartare. I know. Thing. And now it's like, oh, yeah, But I will say this. If you're afraid, yeah, I know. You, you would never <laughs> give your kid that. Um, if, just send some raw meatballs to school with your kid. Um, <laughs> they can't have peanut butter and jelly at schools these days, but right. they can have raw meatballs. Um, but if you if you actually if you're if you're whether you're making meatloaf or or meatballs or anything, you always want to do that thing where you pinch off a little bit and fry it up and yeah. then taste it to make sure how much salt do you need more salt? Is it salty enough, etc. Totally, and that's a very important thing because once they're all cooked, it's the game over. Yeah. So whenever I make meatballs, there's always one that is like the last one that you get out of the bowl, and it's 
it's like the runt. Yes. You know, it's like. <laughs> it's not an actual ball. It's more <laughs> it's of a not, smidge. It's right. It's just yeah. not as big as the other ones. And For that's, the cook. That's the taster. Yeah. So that's a really good idea. That one you should roll around in a little bit of fat and make sure it tastes good. We got the sauce burbling, burbling. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got the balls, the warbly balls rolled out. They're on a sheet tray. Um, you've washed your hands, perhaps. For sure. Um, they also you ever make meatballs and you have that weird coating of fat all <laughs> over your hands. And like, this is like, you're like, okay, I got to wash my hands. Um, at this point, the next question, there's three ways to go about this, actually. Sure. The first two are obviously, do you roast them in the oven on a sheet tray? Broil. Broil. Roast? I don't know. Okay. Or do you do... Well, okay. Well, or you in were a pan. Go to broiler. You're broiler? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Bro- I mean, I, I have broiled... I work in the test kitchen. I... <laughs> you've made... But, and you also love a broiler. I, just I do love a broiler. Like, That's a whole other podcast yeah. we can get to. Right. So it's like to brown or not to brown. And if you are going to brown them, how are you going to do it? Are you doing it stovetop? Are you going to do it under the broiler? I have broiled meatballs. I'm not going to lie. Doesn't it just get the top though? Yeah, that's the thing. It kind of just gets the top. It throws a lot of fat around the inside of your oven because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, kind of cooking off. You also off. get those weird little loogie-like mucilaginous yes. things of yes. fat <laughs> on the bottom of the pan that are yes. actually really delicious. And you're like, should I eat this? I don't know. Weird little blobs yeah. of protein. Yeah. Um, and then also you're heating up the meatball like kind of maybe more than you want to because mm. even though it's only the broiler, the oven is on. Um, so we brown the meatballs. And I guess the other way is to not brown at all and to just put like weird meat dumplings straight into the sauce. So Which, I've done that. I yeah. did a, years ago. I did an article on a when I was in Milan for work one time at this restaurant, Don Joe, D O N G I O, and the 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 cook, the father, who was like probably eighty years old at that time, and he would make the meatballs, and he would use a bottle of pureed tomato sauce uh-huh. um, out of the out of the bottle, some olive oil, and he would just make all beef meatballs and just drop them in there like little dumplings. And so the, on the ups on the downside, they wouldn't get browned and caramelized, right? But I think what was kind of cool about it was all that sort of fat and stuff in the meatballs would naturally sort of leach out into the sauce. Yeah, and you're getting that with these two um, because you're browning them. Yeah, so what are we doing with this recipe? So you're bra- we definitely wanted to brown them um, and uh, used a nonstick skillet actually because there's so much um, there's like so much parmesan and the ricotta and the surface of the meatball so that if you use a nonstick pan like all of that kind of stays on the meatball instead of sticking to the pan oh yeah yeah i usually do a cast iron skillet and like a lot of oil when i do it at home and this recipe doesn't call for that much oil at all in a nonstick pan and you get because there's all of those ingredients in there it browns pretty quickly so it really is still raw in the middle so you're kind of getting the best of both worlds you still the only get... thing is when you do it in the pan you get those like flat-sided yes. meatballs you know and you kind of end up with a meat triangle instead i know of a meatball. I, d- I made sunday ragu a few weeks ago and i used this recipe for the meatball portion and i was turning them over and i'm like there's no way to keep this thing round. It is just like literally impossible. But that's, that's like if okay. you're a food, if you have the job of the food stylist, you're like, figure it out, dude. Right. Make it look good on the cover. I know. Yeah. What do they do? They might know. freeze them and then. Oh, that's a good idea. And then they yeah. don't like slump. Anyway, um, so browning them and then they go right into that sauce. And at the time that the meatballs go into the sauce, the sauce is in like a great place. You know what I mean? It's like the sauce is 
delicious on its own and the meatball is tasting really great and then when they get together they're like you're great I'm great but together like we're gonna be amazing you know you complete me <laughs> exactly and it's like I want to give everything that's great about me to you and but at the same time like everything that's great about yes. you is like yes. coming to me and like you just have to stop at the point where like the sauce has given great flavor to the meatball and the meatball has given like amazing flavor back to the sauce. But if you go too far, the meatball will give too much of itself. And then it gets dried out. And then you get kind of a dried out, washed up. Is it Rabbi Hillel, the whole <laughs> if I'm not for me, who will be for myself or if I'm too much only That's for me? That's more your department. It's not, it's not, it's not an Italian. Yeah. Um, all right, so you got the, the meatballs in the sauce. We're yeah. in a good place. You've got pasta in nicely salted water. Yes, That's definitely. going. How do you make it all together so, and happy? So actually, at a certain point. I have opinions point, about this. Okay. Well, do you want to share your opinions? Well, How I know, would you it's, do it's, it? it? I would say it's kind of a conundrum. I would say opinion slash conundrum because you want... The, I want the pasta coated in the sauce, right. but then where do, the, do you take the meatballs out? Yes. Like, how do you? Like, yeah, they are. They are totally orchestrated the, all because you can't toss them with the meatballs and the meatballs break up. No, and this is different than like a lot of our pasta recipes at Bon Appetit. Will have you, you know, bring the pasta into just the right amount of sauce, and you're tossing it, and you're adding pasta water, like a cup of pasta water, and making and that, this, and it makes it nice and. and Getting this great emulsion going and and like, yes, and Adam's favorite phrase, saucy glossy is happening. But this is the first five pasta stories we did at BA (laughs) Frank, the first five years, like they're not saucy and glossy enough. Why is it? Why are they shinier? There are multiple food stylists walking around New York City today who are like, oh, the saucy glossy. Um, but it's a real thing, and that's a real thing that happens when you make that kind of pan sauce. This is different. So there's there's more sauce than you need to coat the pasta, um, and also the meatballs are 100% in the way. So you got to get the meatballs off and get them back on the sh- sheet tray somewhere, keep them warm, and um, smoothing out the sauce. So you could take a potato a potato masher, which I actually don't own, or an immersion blender, or do something. Use the back of or a spoon. Or you could just buy pureed tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to Milan, Don Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't mock Don Joe. <laughs> was that a GQ anyway, assignment or was that don't the worry BA about it. day? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so then you smooth. This guy out. was so badass. The old father. The <laughs> how do you say Jay Nona? What's the Nona? Yeah, that's a that's grandma. Yeah, what's, what's grandma? I think it's no, 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 no. Yeah, cooked in a turtleneck, <laughs> like a wool turtleneck <laughs> with an apron on. I'm like that guy's badass. <laughs> what color was it? It was like burgundy. It was like it was wow. like meatball colored. Um, okay, so okay, so you smooth out your sauce. The meatballs are out of the way. The pasta is al dente, and then the noodles do go right into the into your into, into your Dutch sauce, oven but, with all the sauce. But instead of taking out like two cups of pasta water, you actually remove a couple cups of sauce because we want to be able to sit down at the table. And this was a big thing when we had spaghetti and meatballs and be able to pass oh, extra, extra sauce. sauce. It's like extra gravy at the Thanksgiving exactly. table. You've already <laughs> filled up at the buffet, <laughs> but then you want some gravy at the table also. Exactly. So you take out some, scoop out some of that sauce. Pasta goes in and you're to- you are tossing it around and making sure that it's coated and that it's the right consistency and it tastes good. And then um, the... You 
platter it or get it onto serving platters or take all the pasta and divvy it up on your bowls. And then you're putting the meatballs on top and extra sauce oh. on top of that. So you've yeah. got, so the spaghetti's fully sauced. Yeah. You put like two to three meatballs sure. on each one. It's three, I think. Nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then a shaving of parm perhaps. Sure. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? I would, I would, we, a thing that my mom used to do would, she would serve a little bowl of ricotta also. Wait, um, what? Yeah, on the table, and you would add like a little a dollop, dollop, a dollop of ricotta. Wow. It's delicious. It's nice and a fresh tomato sauce, too. Yeah, good lord. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I just want to say we've done lots of other versions of spaghetti meatballs. Like, and I said this recently in a um, newsletter, and a lot of cat lovers got really mad at me, but there are a lot of ways to skin a cat, you know? And, um, wait, did they really get mad no, at you? No, we got like a lot of upset emails. <laughs> you literally can't say anything these days. People without were getting like, in trouble. really? Skin a cat? Yeah. Really? <laughs> it's like the extra really. Not really, figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this version is supp supposed to be that thing, like more. It's a Sunday pro. This he does that. See, nobody can see that when we're in the studio. So when but we're the on hand recording, I yeah. The big problem when we first started doing the podcast was we would talk over each other too much, or mostly I would talk over. So now I'm like, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to raise my hand <laughs> to let Carla or our friend Gabe know that I want to go next. But if you do th this way, do you bring the 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 Dutch oven to the table with the spaghetti, and then you also bring the extra meatballs, and people think can then double up or you whatever could do that. afterwards. Sure, or you could, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, or right. you could plate it up in the kitchen. No, I'm saying no, but easier. after you plate it, because I want seconds, or I want an extra meatball after oh, I've gone through my, first, you know. I don't know. Then you would have to hold back, right? You would like give everybody two. There's just a finite amount of meatballs. What? So you could give, yeah, it's like 12. So you give Shut everybody up. two oh. and then be like, for your what seconds, if, you or can if, have... What if it's just you and me having dinner? Then we then, get six each. Then we're just like yeah. eating out of the pot. All right. Thanks, guys. Be back shortly. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and Christina Che and produced and edited by Emma Wartsman. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wartsman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>